You're listening to the Bride Chilla Podcast, helping bride chillas and groom chillas plan their wedding minus the bullshit. One podcast at a time with your host, Alicia McCormack. Well, good day to you. It's Alicia here, the founder and host of Bride Chiller, and this is episode 368. I am just popping in to do a pre-pre-introduction because I wanted to firstly apologize for my voice that you're about to hear in this episode. It's a cracking episode, if I do say so myself, but I was unfortunately rather ill when we recorded this. So I wanted to jump in and say that my lovely guests, Caitlin and Michael Domner, were very patient with me in general. So I just wanted to jump in and say thank you, Caitlin and Michael. This episode's all about sex and how we can talk about sex in a more positive way in our relationships. Obviously, if you have kids in the car or in the general vicinity and you don't want to go there with them, talking about some of these things. That's absolutely cool. So I'd pop some headphones in. That's all I'm saying. Your life, your choices, do whatever you want. I don't know who's listening to this show with children, actually. I'd probably suggest not to with some of the things that I say. But hey, you do you. I support you. (laughs) Caitlin and Michael are authors of the book Sex Every Day. And in fact, they have sex every day or some form of sexual activity every day and which is fascinating but also what i really enjoyed about this episode and recording the interview with them was just talking about how we can be more communicative and not feel any shame attached to talking about sex and everything surrounding sex and also how we can develop a healthy sexual relationship and that includes not just having sex but also being able to say hey i like this or i don't like this please stop that so uh, that's it that is my intro to the intro. Now, let's do this. Well, hello, my lovely bride chiller friends. A very deep-throated, that sounded wrong, deep-voiced. <laughs> Alicia, I was in the sexual, I was in the sex zone then and I went to deep throat. I really meant to say very deep-voiced. I've had a cold. Uh, and although it's it's probably very appropriate because today we are talking about sex and sexual relationships and love and all the physical stuff, I've got my sexy voice on, but probably <laughs> not on purpose. Uh, you can hear some little giggles because I have two people, a husband and wife duo, a team. They are comrades in uh, life and in marriage. Uh, lovely Caitlin and Michael Domner, welcome to the Bride Chiller podcast. Thank you for having us, Alicia. We're so excited to be here with your sexy voice and everything. <laughs> well, uh, again, thank you. Thank you, Michael. It's unintentionally sexy, but I think it's very appropriate. Now, when you contacted me, uh, uh, when uh, I learned about what you did, I thought this is such a great topic for the podcast because mm-hmm. although my show is about weddings, really it's not. When people ask me, do you get sick of talking about weddings? I'm like, look, secret squirrel, I don't really talk about weddings very much. I talk about relationships and love and life and people stuff that we come across at this time in our lives. So um, I, I really want to just jump straight in and people are probably like, Alicia joked about deep throating and sex. What the hell is going on? <laughs> Tell us, Michael and Caitlin, why are you here? I think I've got so much to ask you, but I want to to build and break the intrigue right now. Uh, Go for it. How did you come to be on Bride Chiller today? (laughs) Oh, well, we are lucky enough to be here because at our, for our 10th anniversary in Costa Rica, Michael and I Mm -hmm. sat down and wrote our book called Sex Every Day, How to Prioritize Pleasure in Your Marriage. 
And I wrote the for her version and Michael wrote the for him version. And our goal is just to start putting in some very simple and practical systems for communication uh, and expectations so that you can really enjoy intimacy with your partner every day. And that's one thing that uh, that I really appreciate about you bringing us on today is uh, I know, especially kind of newlyweds, right? Like when we first started, we were like, I don't know if they're our audience or, uh, you know, I mean, (laughs) what newlyweds don't have trouble with having sex every day, (laughs) right? (laughs) They already do that. They got that down. (laughs) But but starting the conversation, right? So, so starting off your, your relationship, your, your, this new thing that you're creating together uh, by having that conversation and being intentional about uh, creating space for it and knowing your knowing each other's uh, wants and, and needs and uh, is critical in this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think it's very important, I suppose, from the get go to be able to speak about sex and and what we like and our feelings and our previous relationships. And I think a lot of people like talking about money. Sometimes get into relationships and go, oh, I don't, I don't want to talk about this. I feel uncomfortable. I feel awkward. Whoa, yes. And get all sort of weird when. Actually, it's a, it's a natural thing. And when people say that, sometimes people feel awkward and they're like, ew, it's a natural thing. It's like talking to your mum about it. But <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it's something that's really important to our relationships, but so many people struggle with it. So I suppose I really want to kick today off by asking you how, when you first got together, were you free and open with talking about sex? Did you feel comfortable in in going, you know, into detail, or, or was it something that you had to learn and 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 get encouraged together? Yeah, yeah. So that that's definitely um, easy to answer. So no, we're, we weren't. Uh, we didn't start off amazing at this, and <laughs> probably mostly it was my fault. Uh, generally, I am not as. Um, Uh, verbose as my wife (laughs) in most areas of life uh especially probably in sex when when we first when it came to sex when we first got married uh we we kind of um i uh, i don't know i wanted to talk about it and you did not is frankly how it worked (laughs) good and And i love that you just said that because i think a lot of couples would be in exactly the same position one one person's going now tell me a little bit about uh, how many girlfriends or boyfriends have you had and how many people have you had sex with and what do you really enjoy another one's going what what do you want me to say? I'm a very private person I prefer not to talk about it. I'll keep that to myself. (laughs) (laughs) And it's funny because uh, we we, we do uh, interviews every once in a while for the book, but uh, I've got to say your your comment in the beginning – made me blush, even though we're, we're really used to <laughs> this content. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I mean, things come out of my mouth and I just go with it. <laughs> no, I love it. And, and I will say that it it is hard to start the conversation because sex has so many other elements of we're tied into and expectations and who do we did what with and all of that emotional baggage that sometimes gets tied into it, like money, as you pointed out. Mm. And so I I came up with this metaphor with Michael, and this is kind of the second principle that we cover in the book, but we created a menu. And so there's appetizers, side dishes, entrees, and desserts. And whether you've had a relationship for years or you're just starting your relationship, um, that we always start every evening's intimacy with what would you like from the menu? And it's just an easy, no stress, um, 
no obligation or expectation way to invite your partner into intimacy and say, well, what would you like? And then the other partner responds with, well, what's on the menu? Because let's be <laughs> honest, <laughs> certain items have to be 86 every once in a while. And so it's just, it gives that mutual invitation and you're saying, this is what I don't want. I mean, what I do want without focusing on what you don't want. So there's no implied judgment or negativity, uh, negativity that gets accidentally transmitted. Um, so it's not like, well, do you want sex tonight? Because that's a loaded question. Um, <laughs> and so it's not a yes or no. It's just, what would you like? Maybe you just want an appetizer. Maybe you just want to skip straight to the desserts. Uh, maybe you want a particular entree and you don't even know how to bring up the conversation like um, intercourse may not always be what you prefer. So being able to ask for a different entree and it being equally acceptable, I think is really important. Something that I appreciate too about the menu aspect of our of our system is that uh, it it uh, the appetizers in particular are something that that it, it doesn't have to start when you guys get in bed and that's the question mm -hmm. right uh, so appetizers are, are things that that can be going on all day long whether it's uh, a sexy text messages back and forth or uh, the flirting or the uh, nibbling on Caitlin's ear while we're both in the kitchen I mean little things that uh, that that. Uh, lead up to sex later, but it's not it's not sex in and of itself. So kind of opening up that uh, that conversation and 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 reminding me as a uh, as a guy. So I, I know that uh, it's sometimes it's easier for me to to be there and be ready to go at night. But uh, keeping that uh, keeping that flame going all day long for um, for our relationship is important. Mm -hmm. I have so many questions, and I probably should go back and say I will ask you a little bit about how when you were on that holiday, you went, actually, we want to write this book. What, I don't want to say what qualifies you, because I think you've already given me a lot of things, but what was that moment where you went, we have figured out something that we want to share and it might help other people? Mm -hmm. I love that. And, and it's, we had been doing this sort of naturally and, and people were like, well, really, do you really have sex every day? And I'm like, it's better to think of it as we have intimacy every day, right? Mm. We don't have intercourse every day. I've been pregnant. We've had the stomach flu. One of us is sometimes <laughs> traveling, right? There's, there's a lot of just life that happens. Um, but making that time every evening to just, and evening is our best time. It's other people have mornings or, or lunch breaks that they want to use. But for us, it's just well, consistently lucky evening has been great um, to prioritize putting yourselves first. And so this had just been our normal lifestyle until I was at an event with some girlfriends. We were hanging out and uh, I sort of mentioned in passing that Michael and I have sex every day. And they were like, what? You do? <laughs> and I was like, what? You don't? <laughs> so it was just this recognition that when you're in your own sort of situation, you don't think about it as unusual. And then uh, when I was, they were explaining like, well, well, tell me more. And I started saying, mm. well, we sleep naked every night and we use this thing called the menu and, oh, Michael always puts me first. Like I was just kind of sharing it and it sort of, it, I realized that there was a system to our madness um, and it could be duplicated and made a lot easier than sometimes people realize. So your response, like when I, I, I read your books and I, or book or books, I like to think in the separate books, but it's one book. Um, uh, I love the different perspectives from the guys and the gals uh, mindset and I think it's really helpful and and also I just want to say this is totally open to same-sex couples as well they don't it's not yeah. necessarily a gendered thing but um 
the the idea that you know initially I was like oh my god I'm so tired every day and oh when the hell do you get a chance but then reading it it actually really opened my eyes up as you said it's not it's not about having to have sex physical intercourse every night but it's about those those moments and I think sometimes it's very easy to go oh I've just got to go to work just got to make breakfast just got to watch some tv mm-hmm. right, I'm just going to go to bed and then you sort of just brush over it not because you don't want to have an intimate moment with your partner or share that but it can be laziness. It can just feel everyone's bloody tired all the time. I'm sure you're both tired mm-hmm. and you do this and you've got five kids. Well, four. Um, no, don't four. give us more. Gee whiz, Alicia. <laughs> Four's <laughs> enough. Surprise. Caitlin and Michael. A no, um, oh, gosh. Sorry. I got excited. But, but it is about making that, that mental space as well as physical space as well. And I think it's something – we all could improve in, I'm sure, um, and and think about a little bit more as well. Yeah, and the, the the kind of way I think about it is it's almost like going to the gym every day. When you first mm. start it, it is exhausting to make time, to go. It, it doesn't always feel pleasant when you're getting back on your workout routine. But after two or three weeks, like it's an energy, it is energizing, not an, a drain. And so similarly, we encourage couples to just start with like a two week trial, just see if you like it, <laughs> um, see and kind of re because it, it can be an energy detractor at the beginning, right. but it will become an energizer if you do it over time. Do you sometimes, you said, you know, you get tummy bugs and you feel like, listen to me, I've had this dis- disgusting dis- disease and there's no way I would have, you know, I couldn't, all orifices were blocked. Um, <laughs> that was also too much information, not all. <laughs> but I couldn't even, bro- uh, there's no there's no blowjobs happening in my house, I tell you that, because I couldn't breathe through my nose. It would never yeah. happen. I'd asphyxiate. Um but there are moments, I suppose, where you just like, I just can't be bothered. Tell me about those sort of moments in your household and how you would go around it. Because as you say in the book, it's not like in stone. You're not saying we actually have to do this, but it's more the, the mindset, isn't it, that you're really mm-hmm. saying? Yeah. So giving yourself, um, like taking the pressure off, number one, that it doesn't have to be orgasm every night mm. um although that is really enjoyable um sure. it doesn't have to be intercourse to get you to orgasm every night so there's a lot of just redefining the terms that i think is going to be immediately helpful um and then the other thing is recognizing that there are uh, on the menu and you'll create your own menu we have a sample one in the book that you can kind of start the conversations around but just um recognizing that if you aren't feeling well, then what you might need from the menu is words of affirmation or a body massage or just a hot bath, right? Um, That there's a lot of other ways that your partner can minister to you and support you and bring you physical pleasure without it having to be sexual in the traditional ways that we think of sex. Um, And then, and that's why our subtitle is prioritizing pleasure in your Mm. marriage and and vice versa, even if I'm not feeling that great and I don't want much from the menu, that doesn't mean that I still can't support Michael and, and either su- support him as he's taking care of his own needs or mm-hmm. um, take care of his needs also at the same time. So you can even give menu items, even if you're not uh, feeling up to receiving them in a reciprocal fashion. Does that make sense? It, it totally makes sense. Yeah. Um, 
I wanted to share a, a paragraph I thought was really relevant to bride chillers and groom chillers that might be listening today. Um, Caitlin, you wrote in, in your uh, early in your part of the book, you don't get a fabulous marriage by signing the license. You get a fabulous marriage by showing up every day, committing to loving and serving a human being, a real human being with stinky breath and graying hair, oh, me too, who forgets to take out the trash and who communicates in completely different language than you do. And that really, I highlighted it. I got all excited because I think that's something that, especially when you're in the wedding planning mode, and as you said, Michael, when you're in that sort of honeymoon zone, when you're all like, whoa, everything's amazing, and then you might hit a bit of real life about two and a half weeks afterwards and you realize <laughs> oh this is like we need to work on this now this is not you know it doesn't just you don't just get married and it's not like a Disney film for many people you've got to you've got to create structures and systems like you have and and really develop goals together and, and work towards the future so I wanted to thank you for writing that because I think so often especially in the world of weddings we're, we're given a lot of bullshit stuff about um, perfection and, and my listeners would be used to hearing me say this I just don't think that really exists um, and we should be striving for fabulous relationships and that that comes from um, loving uh, each other physically and emotionally as well so thank you for that a big part of that too is, is just being intentional right so just like you were you were uh, kind of mirroring there is is that the relationship doesn't just happen. It does, it's not like magical and you're happy the rest of your lives together. Uh, but being intentional about uh, setting setting yourself up for success from the beginning. Uh, so I know that during that first year of marriage, there, there's a lot of habits that are built mm. and a lot, of, oh, yeah. a lot of habits that have to be undone from, <laughs> from whether it's bachelorhood or whatever it is that, uh, that you're coming from, and... previous marriages. Yeah. Um, so, so you have to be incredibly um, just intentional about that. And one of the things that Caitlin and I base our lives on is, is radical personal responsibility and really just owning every piece of, uh, of your life. I, I know it's kind of popular to, to uh, complain about things and, and not, not proactively do anything um, to change them, but, uh, but really being intentional and, and setting those, uh, setting those expectations uh, and setting yourself up for success is going to ensure that long-term uh, success in, in your marriage and in your relationship uh, from the very beginning. Mm-hmm. I love that radical personal responsibility. That's a really great way to sum that up. I think a lot of us, um, a lot of couples don't really think beyond that. And I think that's actually a really a big, um, a big wall that can come into a relationship. If you're not owning your own feelings and, and you're not communicating that to your partner and, and being able to express that, it can be a really damaging thing in a relationship. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. I'm going to head to a very quick break. And after the break, I'd love to talk to you a little bit about your, well, just more general marriage tips, because I I think you've been there and done that. The the book is fabulous, but I'd love to just ease in a little bit about some tips about talking about sex and maybe being able to um, give people the opportunity to communicate in a better way, especially heading into a potentially very stressful time. Uh, Mm -hmm. Michael and Caitlin's book, uh, you can find it at sexeverydaybook.com and there'll be more of them and my husky voice after this. (laughs) Chillers, I am about three weeks into owning my Harper Wild bra and can I just say it has been on such high rotation that at one stage I had to hand wash it at night because I felt like I'd worn it too much to wear again the next morning because I am enjoying wearing these bras so much. 
What makes this bra so different to all the other bras that I have owned over the last 37 years? Well, firstly, they have designed a bra that actually provides support and comfort. And I mean, I put this bra on and I didn't even know I was wearing it. They are changing the experience of shopping for bras. And when I say that, I mean that they are offering free try-on at home where you can pick three bras in different sizes and colors and styles, whatever you want. And then they will ship it right to your door without charging your credit card. So you can try them on, get comfy, and then decide to keep them or send them back if they don't suit you. All of the shipping is covered both ways, and you only pay for the bras that you keep. And I have a feeling you may be keeping these bras. Harper Wilds are keeping it simple. They offer three bra designs, the base, the boost, and the flex. I chose the base. Fun fact. They also offer three different shades of nude, so they support everyone. Quite literally. Chillers, it's time to start lifting up your ladies with Harper Wild. Go to harperwild.com slash bridechiller to get started today with a free at-home try-on and get your free wash bag. And let me just tell you something I've learned as an adult only recently is if you wear bras, you should be washing them in a wash bag. It keeps them nice. So now you can get one for free. Make sure to select three bras to try on and don't forget to add the wash bag to your cart too. That is harperwild, W-I-L-D-E dot com slash bridechiller to try on three bras at home for free and receive a free gift. That is harperwild.com slash bridechiller. From me and my boozies to you, you will not regret it. I'm pretty positive that a large portion of Bridechiller listeners are already living together, have already set up home, have already invested in a lot of the items that would traditionally go on a wedding registry. Couples are now looking to purchase items and experiences rather than crockpots and foot spas that no one will ever use. Thirstynest.com may be familiar to you because you might have heard the founder of Thirsty Nest, Jackie Strum, as a guest on the Bride Chiller podcast over the last three years. And I am delighted now to welcome Thirstynest.com, the very clever and the very unique well, actually, it's the first wine and spirits registry for modern couples. Jackie created thirstiness.com after her own wedding, and she says it's the registry that she wishes she had when they got engaged. Their veteran team of wine and spirit industry experts will guide you through picking the best quality wine, spirits, and drinkware to start a life together. They have some amazing accessories if you're looking for a gorgeous bar cart or cocktail making accessories. Perhaps you want to level up your wine glasses and actually have the right wine glass, not using just cups from your share houses. I did that for many years. And fun tip, it makes you look like you have your life together when you have the correct glassware, even if by the end of the night you're drinking red wine out of a white wine glass. So if that sounds like something that floats your boat, then registering with Thirstiness will guarantee that you will get all these wonderful things. The Thirstiness team can help you create your own gift registry and tailor it to your tastes and expectations. All you need to do is visit thirstiness.com to create your registry today. 
Give happy hour its happily ever after and visit thirstynest.com. And if you missed it, don't forget to subscribe and download to episode 366 of Bride Chiller to hear Jackie's amazing expertise and answering all of your wedding planning alcohol Q&A. Thirstynest.com. Cheers to that. This is the Bride Chiller Podcast. I'm talking to Caitlin and Michael. They are the authors of Sex Every Day. It's a fabulous book uh, where they help uh, us be better at the sex, getting uh, our communication up and making sure that we are more intimate and we enjoy each other's company both in person and intimately via the sexual activity. That sounded like something like a grandmother would say. Now, how is your sexual activity going? Oh, sexual activity. (laughs) Let's just talk about sexual activity. We're going to have sex. And this is part of the thing. I've just done it now. It can be really sometimes challenging to talk about sex. And when you were speaking earlier in the episode, it reminded me, um, I talk about money quite a lot and people's money stories and how we come from different upbringings and our parents talk about money in different ways and we adopt that 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 mindset and then when you get into a relationship you know i was a i was a, 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 a real spender and my husband's a saver and we were like oh what do we but i do it this way and you do it this way and i suppose with sex we all come from different families and some families are really free and easy talking about sex and other families are like oh my God, we never speak about it. And if, mm-hmm. it, if someone's having sex on the TV, we all shrink into the couch because mm-hmm. God forbid we acknowledge it. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, so I, it just got me thinking about how our, we're raised and then we go into our teen years and then some people have lots of sex in college and some people have no sex in college and we all have these different stories and then we're supposed to come together and just go, okay, this is how it all works now. We've got to be cool. So, Let's talk about that a little bit more. Michael, you said, you know, me talking about deep throating at the beginning of the episode probably wasn't what everyone was expecting to come out of my mouth. Um, but it was awkward. It made me feel awkward even saying it. So how do you how do you both sort of – what sort of advice would you give to couples who are – even if they're engaged and they're 10 years into a relationship but still not comfortable about talking about this sort of stuff, how do they start that conversation and start to get more comfortable? Well, I think I think one of the biggest things that that Caitlin and I realized, and and she kind of brought it up earlier in 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 building a structure around it, right? So finding something that uh, is is easy to talk about it, and and she did it with the menu. So uh, I we, we both were were raised in a very conservative setting, and um, like I said, I, I'm less verbose than my uh, my wife is. So uh, <laughs> just kind of having initiating those conversations and and having them. It, it was really awkward at first. And uh, so kind of finding a structure that works for you uh, mm. to to start that conversation and, and have it. Um, what, do you, what do you think, Caitlin? Well, there's a, a section in the book that I have come around to. Like Michael said, we were both raised pretty conservative Christians. And so there's a lot of right, wrong uh, languaging that, that you can inherit, especially around sex. In, yeah. in, um, I would say generally in religious circles, but I think it taboos can show up anywhere. But one thing that's been really helpful for us is inside of our bedroom, letting go of that right, wrong, good, bad uh, languaging and instead saying more or less pleasurable. So mm-hmm. this is more pleasurable to me this is less pleasurable to me. Um, And I will say on the menu, you can be 
as explicit as you want you. And I think that's one of the things of, uh, when you're having this conversation and you're saying, let's talk about expectations. Um, and I, it's so funny you mentioned brides because a, a fiance bought our book because she said, my, my fiance told me she wants, he wants to have sex every night. I just didn't even see if that was feasible or not. So I, had to, I was like, Oh, so I just wanted to see if this was feasible and have a system around it. And she seems like, I'm like, well, what did you think? She's like, yeah, I think this could work. Um, oh, good enough. Yeah. So it was good for her to like recognize that there an ex- expectation had been articulated and how do you respond to that? So just being open to having conversations about expectations, the menu is going to be helpful for what do you like and not like? And there may be things that, so for example, Michael was married before I, I was, uh, he was married for a couple of years and then we were uh, single and then he was single and then we got married. That was really awkward. In any case, um, he had more sexual experience than I had when we got into this. And so it was more uh, like having those conversations in a way um, that was open. Uh, The other thing that I discovered over the past couple of years is that I really like the fantasy element. I like... And sometimes that goes into kinkyish territory, right? And so, being that being okay, and saying um, I do want to try things that maybe uh, are have had a taboo in the past. Um, mm-hmm. Like there are places where blowjobs is is unacceptable, where anal stimulation and sex is is not okay, right? There's a lot of things, and I hope that your podcast is explicit because. <laughs> oh my god! I'm ready. <laughs> Um, so having a safe place to articulate that and one partner may be like, oh, okay. And they may have to, uh, say, you know what? I haven't tried that. I don't know if I like that. And then you get to explore, but making sure that it stays in the more or less pleasurable language, as opposed to right or wrong language, I think Mm -hmm. is going to be a lot easier for, for articulating preferences talking about expectations and desires and making sure that you guys are both open uh, to whatever your partner is looking for. And the other thing I think is, is recognizing kind of where, where those um, whether it's positive or negative uh, connotations that we put with, with certain items uh, where that's coming from. Right. Mm -hmm. So if, if something Mm -hmm. strikes you as like, Oh, like like negative, you, you have to stop and think, in your own head, what, where is that coming from? Right. Instead of immediately uh, reacting uh, and, and, and saying positive or negative things, just, just stopping and really thinking about it and trying to recognize where that's coming from in your past, whether it was something that you were taught or just something that you've picked up along the way. And, 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 um, and it it allows you to kind of, uh, uh, I guess, shape your response in, in knowing that where it's coming from. Yeah. I remember someone saying to me years ago about being a woman and saying, you know, obviously it's it's evolved a lot now in, in the mainstream and in press. And I think Sex and the City did an amazing job at this of going, we can talk about masturbation, we can talk about orgasms. We are, uh, you know, hopefully at the level now where women's pleasure is equally as important in, as men's pleasure in the bedroom. And I really love, Caitlin, that you always, in, in your chapter saying it's really important that you come first like you really Mm -hmm. make sure that you focus on your orgasm if you are in and again no pressure if you don't Mm -hmm. it's fine but this idea that we should be able to um 
embrace being able to talk about uh, about about having orgasms and and what is pleasurable to you and what you find um, desirable in in the bedroom and not feel shame attached to it. And yeah. I think it was really interesting. I don't come from a religious background, but I know. Um, a lot of people who do and say that, you know, I, I say unfortunately in the sense that um, it, when there's shame attached to sex, it's really hard for people to then communicate about it. So you've sort of got to release a lot of that, I suppose, and it must be really challenging, especially if you are raised in a conservative environment where it's not encouraged to talk about it or you're not really encouraged to, for, it's about men and procre- procreation, all this mm-hmm. sort of stuff. So I think it must be very challenging for, for people in that situation. So I'm really glad you, you raised that because I think a lot of people listening might be in that situation of going, oh, this is, this is my upbringing or, or for some um, the circumstances relate to that, those sort of feelings. So it's, it's hard. I know for a lot of people listening might be going, oh, there's a lot to process here, but um, it's just about starting, isn't it? It's about being, as you said, feeling safe with your partner and being able to not um, judge each other for being able to express what gives you pleasure and what you'd like to do to the other person and have them do to you and do together. Yeah. It's, these are, these are, these are the trials these are the joys of marriage where you do might feel a little bit awkward, but also go, Oh my gosh, you get it. Let's go. This is exciting. My deep, sexy voice. And I really do feel like marriage is such a beautiful, like soul boot camp where you have somebody who knows you more intimately than anybody else you have to be vulnerable because you're around each other all the time they see your best they see your worst um (laughs) aesop has this phrase familiarity breeds contempt and Mm. i'm 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 kind of uh, i'm taking umbrage with it because i kind of feel like if you could really understand how incredible every person on the planet is, right, you wouldn't be able to even see them as a normal person. They would be like gods and goddesses walking around. <laughs> There's just so much magnificence uh, mm. in this fellow human being, like made in the image of God, um, sparks of the divine light. Like if you could really see somebody as they truly are, you would just you would want to worship them. And so that's what I really would love to see more of in marriages is people recognizing this is an opportunity for me to get in touch with my truest and most authentic self um, and to be fully expressed and to to find like to offer and receive unconditional love from another soul that's going on this journey. And that um, and I, I don't mean to make that sound idealistic. I mean, it is an ideal, but I do think that it is possible. I'm absolutely more in love with Michael now than I was when we got married 10 and a half years ago, that this, this really, this, this journey can get better and better every single day. And I know we teach like our book is on sex, but we spoke a little bit about that just mindfulness, then that, that mindfulness practices that, hey, that awareness, hey, look, I'm, I'm feeling triggered, that pause, separating your reaction from yourself, looking at it saying, interesting, I'm, I'm curious about this and approaching it. We call it with uh, curious detachment in mm-hmm. in the book. Um, but those are the sort of principles that for me get get so exciting because that just having a great sex life is wonderful. But really, there's a deeper uh, element here of you becoming your truest and most aware and enlightened self that allows you to engage in such a beautiful physical relationship. Oh, I, that was delightful. I, I was just—I went on that journey with you then, and I feel 
really attached to what you're saying. I, I, I've mm. um, my husband and I've been married for uh, six years, um, and I just said uh, <laughs> that, that sounded dodgy. Uh, but uh, every day is a joy with him, and I think we've we've also been in um, you know many adventures together. And I look mm. at him sometimes, and I just feel. Uh, really grateful that I've connected with someone on this level and I've been in other long-term relationships where I haven't had that feeling before or have I felt connected with them but certainly not on the level we're at now and I think um, y- you are absolutely right when you allow yourself to be loved and to love someone else like that it's a it's a magical thing mm-hmm. and people listening to this would know that I'm a big old hard-assed dark-hearted person sometimes so when I get all <laughs> schmushy I mean it. <laughs> I haven't got yeah. an evil heart. I just want to say that. Um, <laughs> um, now, if people want to get in touch with you, if they want – now, I know you – I haven't mentioned this at the top of the show because I thought we'd just get straight into it. But, um, Caitlin, you work in the coaching sphere. Mm-hmm. Do, how does this all connect with your other outside day job as well? Because I love that you do all these different things. <laughs> we do. We have so many different <laughs> roles. Um, so for us – Probably the easiest way to connect with us is through our website, which is sexeverydaybook.com. And then we have created a bunch of resources for people who are going through the book. So we have a Facebook group called Sex Everyday for Women, another one for men. And this is a place, safe place where you can have conversations and tag me and I'll get you a response um, just to ask about the simple mechanics sometimes like, oh, what do you do when you're on your period or what sort of lubricant yeah. do I use? All those sorts of things that will come up. Um, so those are safe places for that. We have uh, a sample menu you can print out. We have a contract if you want to try it out for two weeks. We have an MP3, uh, like energy clearing um, to get you in the mood. So we've, we've just really want this to be a holistic experience. And in terms of how this fits into everything else that we're doing, I think for us, our, our passion was just get the message out there, um, see how many couples we could inspire and encourage. And then uh, we're kind of exploring. We have our own business coach who's working with us. And we're thinking of maybe doing like a couples retreat and just giving people a space to explore these, I think, of them more as like spiritual elements. But mm-hmm. yeah, we're kind of just having fun with it and, and seeing what people want from us so that we can create it for them. That's great. Well, look, in, in today's show notes, I'm going to attach um, one of the menu, the sample menu, so people can get an idea of what we're talking about and uh, all the details. If people visit thebridechiller.com, they can read today's show notes and learn all about you and follow the links um, to learn more about the book and, and buy a copy and just get it going, guys. Great. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, I would love it if people like started book clubs and like meetups and like started talking about this. I mean, the book is designed to be a conversation starter. Just leave it on your table for crying out loud um, and start start talking about this more often. Yeah, I think it's a conversation that everyone should have and it will improve your relationship in a huge way if you can start communicating and just enjoying each other more, really. Um, sexeverydaybook.com is where you will find all the information. Caitlin and Michael, this has been an absolute delight and I didn't cough too much and it, we got through it without me saying anything too embarrassing. <laughs> right back at you. This was fun. <laughs> Thank you so much. And as I always say to my lovely listeners, happy days. The Bride Chilla Podcast, telling chair covers to get fucked since 2014.
Fun fact, April, May, June are the most popular months for people to ask other people to be their bridesmaids or part of their bridal party. And you want to make sure that you are making the decision that is right for you and also that you can empower your people with all the information that you've learned here on the Bride Chiller podcast, which includes how to stay chilled, how to get things done without stressing and feeling the need to create dramas where dramas don't need to happen. That's why I wrote the Made Chiller Manual. It is a special book just for the bridal party, specifically for Made Chillers or future Made Chillers, where I share all of the possible tasks, jobs, things that maybe bridesmaids might be required or at least asked to do, and also getting them into the bride chiller slash Made Chiller mindset. If you're planning on asking your bestie to be a bridesmaid, then gift them the Maid Chiller Manual. It also has a bunch of ideas and inspiration for pre-wedding events. So if they are looking to plan a bride chiller style bridal shower, bachelorette or hen's event, then this is the guide for them. It's bullshit free, perfection free, and will help you maintain and improve your relationships with your friends. So you come out the other end after your wedding with stronger foundations and stronger future lovely times rather than feeling stressed and overwhelmed because communication has broken down. I'm all about the positive. I think you'll love this book. Head to bridechillerstore.com to grab your copies and make sure your bridesmaids are as chill as you.